And now, part three of Operation Pandorica. Wilfred Mott has fallen in with Rory the Roman, known to him only as Fred. Eileen Dover has passed Churchill's tests and been designated MI5's newest and most important secret agent. Edwin Braceface is taking a tour of London's dark underbelly and realising he doesn't have the stomach for it. But for that, everything would be just cushy, except the poxy Daleks are cooking up a right old palaver. Are you ready? I have a bad feeling about this. Feelings are irrelevant. Put on your wig. I obey. Wow. Excuse me, miss. Did you see where my friend just went? Silence. What do you say? I am pretty. I see beauty. The weapon is ready. I see endless Dalek perfection. Okay, don't overdo it. I am sexy. I will seduce. It is my purpose. Now, what is your code name? I was thinking Pepper Potts. Silence! We haven't been bought by Marvel yet. Besides, it is too obvious. Subtlety! Subtlety! Humans are weak. They call their weakness love. Sense is not required. The stupidest name will suffice. How about... Maximum idiocy has been achieved! Assume sexy battle positions! Later that day, Eileen had been shown to her desk. It was her first day on the job, and it is fair to say, unlike the first day of any other job she had ever had, there was neither tea to be brewed nor civilians to carry to shelter. Instead, she sat behind a light oak desk in a room of light oak desks, arranged in perfect rows and columns, and behind each desk sat men and women who seemed to know precisely what they were doing. On her desk were two binders and a pen stand containing a fountain pen, an ink pot, and some correction fluid. There was also a typewriter, but no paper to type on. She felt a little unease at the ease with which everything was within reach. Normally, she thought the first thing you did when you sat down at a new desk was to rearrange the items upon it to better suit your, and indeed their, needs. Perhaps align the papers and pens at right angles, that sort of thing. But in this instant, all items were already at perfect right angles to one another, and there was no paper to speak of. A voice from behind the desk to her right brought her out of her trance. Good morning again, and welcome to the War Office. Oh, good morning. I'm Agent Audience. Agent Audience? I know, the names are strange at first, but you'll get used to it. It's for our own protection as much as the country's. Of course. Pleased to meet you, Agent Audience. I'm, um, Agent Siren? Siren? Someone took a shine to you. You're Agent Siren, I'm Agent Audience. Two rows down onto the left. Do you see the gentleman with the red hair? Aye. That's Agent Convenience. Ha! <laughs> a few heads turned and Eileen suddenly noticed that laughing was not Comil 4 in the war office. Poor guy. So, how long have you been here? Since it all began, well, nearly. I'm not from around here. Thought I detected an accent. Italy? I'm not allowed to say. Suffice to say that circumstances had me outside of my home country when things were already bad. When they got worse, I had no means to return and join my family. They bravely joined the partisans to fight off the fascist. So, Italy? I'm not allowed to say, but as I can't join the fight at home, I journeyed here. You're very brave. 
So, what is it we do here exactly? It's pretty simple really. So we get the papers in and we analyze and process them, then type up reviews and post them back out. Are you a good speller? I'd like to think so. Because if the correction fluid hasn't dried, the wrong person may parachute out over Calais or a ship might get sunk. Crikey! Some men only see nail polish at the end of our fingers. They don't realize that the fate of the war rests there as well. Agent Siren, I trust you are settling in, exchanging niceties with your new colleagues and so forth. Mr. Churchill, uh, Prime Minister, sir, good morning. Churchill had indeed entered the room and was now towering beside Eileen, surveying the goings-on around him to make sure that the machinery was running as smoothly as he knew everyone was aware that he expected it to. This time he was also, Eileen could not help but notice, fully clothed. Do you have everything that you need? Writing implements and so on? What else could a lady possibly run for, what? Bar paper to write on and a subject matter to write about, I have everything I need. All in due time, Agent Siren. In the meantime, should you need anything, I trust your, shall we say, new neighbour will be able to furnish you with it. Good morning, Agent Audience. Good morning, Prime Minister. In the next few minutes, this morning's first volley of intelligence will be coming in, and then we shall all see whether you earned your reputation by honourable means, Agent Siren. I shall do my best, sir. The country expects nothing less of you. And don't be afraid to run matters by me for confirmation. There are plenty of things going through this department that your colleagues try to keep a secret, even from me, but I always find out in the end. Now, do please try to focus on the work at hand. Less chit-chat and more tip-tap. And on, Agent Siren. Is that all you think we ladies are capable of, Mr. Prime Minister? Fret not, miss. I have not forgotten that while your husbands and brothers are out there, ready and willing to lay down their lives for democracy, the great women of this nation too are helping in their own little way. This is why I called you here after all. Excuse me, little way, did you say? Yes, that is, I don't mean to belittle in any way. It is a fine thing, my dear young lady, that the ladies of Great Britain are almost as strong as her men, who in turn have ten times the backbone of a Nazi. You don't mean to belittle? Yes, many of our husbands and brothers are off fighting your war, but there's plenty more left behind, and who do you think is taking care of them and manning, pardon the pun, their shelters? Not you, clearly, as it might get in the way of your boff. Agent Audience was stunned by Eileen's nerve, and indeed more heads were beginning to turn again. Now, now, my girl, there's no need for hysterics. We are all a little nervous at this time of the day. You needn't demonstrate your courage to me, miss. You already have the job because I know you to be courageous. Now, tip-tap, tip-tap. Good day, Agent Siren. Inconvenience, the Nazis gave a ripping performance last night, what? Uh, Agent Audience, I have to confess, I'm not entirely sure what to do here. No one is at first. They do that. Here, you're thrown in. How do you say, the deep end? Don't worry, the papers come to me first and I can talk you through what I do with the information. Then the papers go to you to double check and make sure I haven't missed anything. And then they go back to our handler who does something else to them. No one knows. Our handler? Mm-hmm. You mean double one? Good morning, Agent Siren. Agent Audience. Morning, sir. Boy, me, where did you come from? Well, this is a secret agency, you know. How are you settling in? So far, so good, thanks. I haven't started working yet. Well, that's all about to change. 
Double One had been carrying a heavy stack of papers and now placed it on Agent Audience's desk. Is that for us? It is indeed. Have a look at the top one, Agent Siren. It's a doozy. Now, I've got to dash. See you later, Agents. He's much nicer than Mr. Churchill. Shall we see what the top intelligent brief you mentioned is, then? Let's! Here we are. Warehouse guard rotas nearing completion. Request for reinstatement of guards for next rota through periods noted below. Hmm, doesn't seem very interesting. Well, I didn't want to say. So, it's up to us whether these warehouses continue to be guarded. How do we know? Well, unless they're of strategic value, they will be abandoned. We don't have soldiers and guards to spare. We could say yes or no, but in this case I'll just mark it as PM, so that it goes to Churchill for confirmation. If we don't, he'll never know. You said before he always finds out, though. There's plenty that he doesn't know he doesn't know. Oh, here he comes around again. Look lively. Poor old Braceface hadn't had a lot of luck lately. His interview with Churchill had been a disaster, he felt perpetually on the verge of tears, and being assaulted by boys one quarter his age, half his size and twice his strength hadn't done much to improve his self-confidence either. Ipso facto, as they say, he had ventured to that bastion of camaraderie, that last vestige of what it might be to be a peacetime Englishman, the pub. The Blitz had done its part to close many a drinking establishment in London, but this was only temporary, it pleases me to say, and there were a few left that refused to bow down to the Third Reich and still pulled a pint as potent and as tepid as they had done before the war. Good evening, my good woman. Evening, sir. You all right? I, I am as long as I'm not in Tottenham anymore. Oh no, love. Not even close. It's Chiswick you're in now. Oh my, thank goodness for that. I can breathe easy at last. Phew. A lot of people in here tonight. You could almost mistake this for peacetime. We do what we can. What can I get you, Squire? Oh, um, is there a menu? <laughs> Sorry, Gov. I can do ale or spirits. If you've been here earlier, I've had a Belgian butte to wrap your lips around, but it went pretty quick, like. Or there's a cocktail, of course. Only for the discerning gentleman, that is. I feel I should warn you. Uh, that sounds most appetising. Are you sure, sir? It's a hay penny more than a pint, and it comes in a tumbler. But I hear tell that to the sophisticated palate, it's like the ambrosia of the gods. Is that what they say? Oh, yes, indeed. Of course, I ain't had the fortune of being quite so worldly myself, so I can only repeat what I've heard from the sophisticates. What do you say? Yes, one of those, please, my good woman. Coming right up, squire. This was, as you may have gathered, to beverages what the Emperor's new clothes had been for fashion. The landlady had marked Braceface as an out-of-town lightweight with self-esteem issues and was flogging the rancid liquid dripping out of the still in her basement at a premium. Braceface had no idea he was being conned, but his ego was bruised and in need of drink to nurture it. He was just happy to be off the streets. To him it made no difference, nay, if, if anything, the ploy was reinvigorating him. He paid the woman for his drink, then for the next, and then for the one after that. And before he knew it, he was slumped in his chair in the back of the pub, glasses askew, seeing double. A little disoriented. It was the perfect moment to strike. Four. Cup and I full of that, lads. You seen her? Vinny, you best shut your gob and put your eyes back in your head or you'll be sleeping on the floor, you will. That's a nice pair on her and more of them down her back. What do you think, Vinny? Not you two, Harold. Say then, so. Oh, aye. Fine set of spheres. Fine, walk on past. We ain't good enough for you, is that it? Benny, Harold, if you ain't got the cobbler's oars to defend your country, then you ain't got none to swing and no strange lady come rolling into our local, begging your pardon, Mum. 
Yeah, don't be so buttoned up. What you got under your metal skirt then, eh? Right, that's it. Get out of my pub. Go on, off with you. Oi, mind you. Ah, mind me, luggo. You shut your cake hole, Vincent. There's more where that came from, so pick up your feet. It's the kitchen floor for you. You ain't fit for decent company. Ah. I'm sorry about that lot, miss. Don't pay him no mind. Is this seat taken? Not at all. Please sit down. No need to hover, I assure you. What is your name? It's Braceface, my dear girl. Edwin Braceface. Identity confirmed. Are you by yourself? Yes. This is optimal, Mr. Braceface. Please, Mr. Braceface was my father. Call me Edwin. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. My designation is Dora Bella. Edwin. So, what do you do, Dorabella? Oh, uh, you know, what's a regular human female to do? Avoid from bipedal, just that usual. You know, that's truly fascinating. What is your primary function? Oh, I, I, I don't mean to brag, and I probably shouldn't tell you this, but... Proceed immediately. I had an interview with Churchill. It went really very well. I'm a shoo-in for the MI5, don't you know? Oh, Edwin, you have rare ambition. You are a superior being. It probably was the cocktail, but something was at once blurring Braceface's vision and strengthening his ego. All of a sudden, he felt invincible. This stunning woman before him clearly wanted him, and he couldn't stop himself. You know, you really are so beautiful. The way your soft red hair cascades down around your eye stalk. Mercy, Edwin, have you ever been with a human before? With a woman? Yes, that was clearly my choice of word. Well, actually, this may surprise you, but... I've never had the pleasure. I've been saving myself for you. For me? The pleasure must be activated. You will be titillated. Oh my! Is that your hand moving up my leg under the table? How risky, Dorabella. Edwin, your legs are strong. They must conquer the stairs. Oh, Edwin! Your eyes really are so blue. Why, they're very nearly indigo, akin to the final glimmer of sunshine before the earth surrenders to the embrace of the night. Oh. Do you think so? Honestly, it is nothing special, just standard issue. Oh, there's nothing standard about you, sweet Dorabella. Oh, I look at you, and your smile lights up my dour Scottish soul. My heart beats so fast, ah, it's like someone's turning up a dial on my chest. Dorabella. I think I'm ready to take the plunge. Take me to your quarters, Edwin. Elevate! Elevate! There must have been something in the London air that night because at that very moment, Wilf and Eileen had just brought that evening's burst of slap and tickle to a majestic crescendo. Mummy day, Wilfred Mott. Another blinder. I'll be doing the Lambeth Walk for a week. <laughs> Everything's bright and breezy. 
Yeah, except it ain't, is it? How'd you reckon that then? Well, I'm a full worm spy now, ain't I? I can detect the tiniest clue. When you think I'm not looking, you've got a face like you just went on a blind date and found Goebbels waiting with a bunch of flowers. All right, Chestnut. I haven't wanted to bother you since you're just starting the new job and all, but all right. I got a chum since I've been home, and he's in a spot of bother as it goes. Yeah? What sort of bother? Well, I don't know if I can say. What do you mean? You can't tell me. You're worse than a lot in the war office. Spit it out. They've been teaching you the secrets to interrogation, I can see. Yeah, and number one is don't fall for flattery from who you're putting the screws on. Is that all you're screwing me for? Information? Nah, but it's amazing what you can get out of someone with the right technique. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. What would that old geezer Julius Caesar have made of this, I wonder? Look at me. Roman's on the brain. I suppose my mind keeps roaming, going on, prone to wander over yonder. Still, never mind. Gotta go for it. Here we go. Or Dentist Fortuna Evat. What are you blibbing on about? I need you to come with me. Struth! Bloody hell. Please give me five minutes before we have another bunk up. No, I didn't mean it that way, you minx. Get dressed and put on some good shoes. Oh? Got a surprise for you. Oh, have you now? We're all right then. Lead on, my man of mystery. Wilfred Mott, you having a laugh? What do you mean, Eileen? Ha, did you hear that? It rhymed, didn't it? What do you mean, Eileen? Funny, that. Yeah, real funny, real funny. I'll tell you what's funny. Your idea of a romantic walk in the twilight is funny. Whoever heard of going on a romantic walk under a bridge? Shh, keep your voice down, love. What kind of surprise you call this, then? Here I am, trundling along with a raving madman who thinks he's done one. Except after a tussle or two in the sack, he turns into a right weirdo. Shh. Look, I'm sorry, but you've got to keep your voice down, or he'll hear you, won't they? You promised me a surprise. You didn't say nothing about keeping my voice down, or going underneath no bridges. It's muddy here, and I'm wearing me mum's nice shoes and all. I didn't promise you a surprise, Eileen. I said I couldn't tell you. Well, that's a surprise, isn't it? All right, all right, you got me there, I admit. But it's not that kind of surprise. What kind of surprise is it, then? What? What kind of surprise is it? Shh, keep your voice down. I swear to Jesus and all the apostles. We're here. Where? You'll see. Do you mean underneath a bridge? Because that's where we are, underneath a bloody bridge in a dodgy pot of Chiswick in the middle of the night. I don't know why you're shushing me as all the London's asleep and we're underneath this bloody bridge where there ain't a nobody gonna hear us. What are you doing? Well, it's a code, innit? Surprised you didn't know that, being a big old spy and all. Who are you calling old? Or big? You hear that? Fred, it's me, Wilfred. I brought a friend. Can she be trusted? Can we be trusted? Can I be? Shh, please keep your voice down. Oh, don't you saw as well. Wilf, is this a joke? He's a Roman from Rome. Ancient Rome. But he sounds like he's from Gloucester. Now, I don't go to Gloucester very often nowadays, I confess. But I don't think it's been bloody annexed by ancient bleeding Rome. Eileen, please, he's a friend, I promise. All right. So what's all this about, then? Pipe up, toga boy. It's technically a tunic, but okay. Tell her about the box. You better not be cheeky, neither. Are you two an item or something? We might not be for much longer if you don't tell me what the heck is going on here. I need your help with something. That is, I need help, and Wilfred tells me you're the one to talk to. Help? Help with what? 
I'm guarding this item. He's guarding this item, you see. I'm keeping it safe. If it fall in the wrong hands, it would mean the end of us all. Some kind of weapon? You were not a spy or something? Don't you worry, love. I made doubly sure he wasn't. Shut up. All right. I'm not a Nazi. I'm one of the good guys. But there are some bad ones in London, too. I need a safe place to keep it, um, safe. I reckon you might know of a safe place, being a top-secret agent as you are. <laughs> yeah, and thanks for keeping it a secret, by the way, Will. I might know of a place. How do I know I can trust you? I trust him. Do you trust me? Hmm, I do. You know I do. All right, listen. MI5 have warehouses all over London. Many of them are empty and disused. And some of them, Churchill doesn't even know about himself yet. Yet? You may have to swing me by the war office. I just hope we're not out of correction fluid. How big is this item? I'll show you. It's pretty big. Promise not to gawk too loudly. I've heard that one before. Oh, wait till you see this, my dear. Cracky blimey, oh bloody Riley! Early the following morning, Braceface awoke in the pre-dawn twilight, to his surprise, by himself. How much had he had to drink the night before? Had he merely hallucinated the young woman? Merely conjured their escapades in his dreams? Dora? Dora Bella? Oh, Edwin, what a fool you are. Hello? Good morning, Edwin. Ah, oh, good morning, my dear sweet girl. You're here. I'm so glad. I thought I'd imagined it all. I know what you mean, but it was all very real. Did you sleep well? Like a neonate. Oh, it is wonderful to awaken and at the first light of day behold your beautiful face, Dorabella. And last night... Yes? I trust you don't think any less of me after what we did. It was... Wonderful. Yes. Edwin, I have prepared sustenance. Breakfast in bed, my dear. You really are the sweetest wee girl. I made scrambled egg with my whisk and incinerated some bacon with my laser. <laughs> I believe I do recall that magical whisk of yours as well. Edwin! You embarrass me! I'm only teasing, my darling. How do you like your eggs? Oh, yes, sauce. Oh, yes. They're delicious. Thank you, Dora. I could get used to this. Explain! Having you around, I mean. Dora, my darling, you make me feel so alive. My heart races at the mere thought of spending another moment with you. Scans show your heart palpitations are commensurate with your age and build. You flatter me, girl. My glands also undulate at the thought of you. To think that I should be so lucky to have found you. It is I who is the lucky one, Edwin. This is nice. What's the matter, my dear girl? I'm just worried. About what? What, my darling? Something I overheard the other day. I shouldn't tell you. You can tell me anything. Of course, I trust you. You work with the Prime Minister. Ah, uh, yes, so I do. Oh, go on then. I will tell you. The Nazis have airdropped a secret weapon somewhere in London. It is imperative that we find it before a German agent is able to retrieve it. Oh dear, but how do you know this? 
I can't tell you that. I'm sorry, Edwin. Duty prevents it. Certainly, I understand. Very hush-hush and all that. All right, I shall see what I can do. Excellent. Well, it's going according to plan. Pardon? Oh, nothing, nothing. Assimilate your bacon ash before it blows away on the breeze. Paratroop 1 to Julius. We are mobilised. I repeat, we are mobilised. Can you not do that? Right you are. It was still early on Sunday morning and most people were abed nursing Saturday night hangovers. At least those who weren't fleeing from or reacquainting themselves with their assignations from the night before. But all's fair in love and war, and everyone looks fairer in a blackout. Now was as good a time as any to transport the Pandorica across Chiswick to the secret warehouse Eileen had identified. Wilfred Mott himself can best describe this scene. Right, Cracker Sparrows that day I had my cup of tea and we were ready to go. You wouldn't believe this thing he'd been keeping away from prying eyes. It was the most enormous bluey black box you'd ever seen. A perfect cube, covered with some sort of intricate circular patterning I couldn't make head nor tail of. Goodness knows what was in there, or what monstrous engineer had dreamed it up. I didn't really want to know, but whatever it was, me and my mate Fred weren't going to let Adolf and his wicked gang lay their thieving ends on it. Each of us together got a hold of an end of it, me at the front with a rope tied around it, and Fred insisted he push from behind. As he went astern, I gave it a tug to test the weight, and nothing happened. I put me back into it, and never mind lift it, I couldn't even shift it. I felt like a right Charlie, so I was glad of his help. Could have done with some handles, or some feet to get a good grip. But now, it was just a blooming great smooth-sided cube, dreadful ergonomically speaking. Gave me bad twinges, shifting that so-and-so and I began to get the sort of feeling that it wasn't just his Roman clover that wasn't quite normal about Fred. How'd you get this down here in the first place? Two tugs on that and I'm already cream-crackered. Uh, well, you see, it's all about knowing the right place to push it in. So where are we going after we get to the road? We'll go to the right and take it through the meadows. They'll still be nice and misty this kind of morning. Then the old school's just over the road from here. That'll be the tricky bit. So now you've met my missus, when am I going to meet yours, Fred, eh? Oh, yeah. Uh, she's always nearby, but sometimes it's be quite hard to get in to see her. What does she make of you being wedded to this box, I wonder? I hope she thinks it's worth it. The war makes debtors of us all, mate, but if your heart is true, its virtue will make good any loss. Right, we're over the crest now. Meadow's just across the way. Fred, stop. We're getting nowhere. The mud's up over me ankles. Don't get ahead of yourself, Wolf. You can't be too hasty. But we'll never get nowhere through this bog just pulling it with a bleeding rope. Oh, wait. That's better. Keep on this orientation. Half a mile and we'll be just about there. Funny, me muscles must have warmed up or something. It feels much lighter. Yes, really odd, that. Little did our chums know they were charting a course straight into the sightlines of Peril's spectacles. I'm strolling about, was in now I'm out. I can't see a frown in all in town. Cause I'm getting my thrills from a special lady. Been dipping my quill in my metal baby. Every time that I feel frisky, she charges up her wee whiskey. Sparks are flying between us when she roots power to my hello. What's this? Julius, hunker down. Oh, watch you, John. How you doing, friend? All right. A fine morning to you, my good man. It's an excellent day to be taking the air. 
I can't argue with that, squire. Still, shouldn't stay out in the open too long. Who knows when the Luftwaffe will come swooping in? I suppose so. Um, I say, I hope you don't mind me asking, but what's that you and your friend have there? That? That's nothing. J- just a rare kind of piano. Taking it to the train for some old biddy to ship out to her sister in the country. A piano, you say? Yes, yes, I see. A very peculiar arrangement of the keys there. Yes, well, you see, uh, it was one of these experimental efforts uh, Ada Lovelyface and Charles Cabbage put together in the last century when they were working on their different engines and thought they'd like to listen to some show tunes while they worked. Is that right? I'm a scientist myself, and I'd never heard of that fact before. Okay, if you must know, we're with the unit stationed up the road. See, here's me dog tag. We recovered an unexploded bomb from the Meda, and we're taking it to the base to be defused. You're taking live ordnance into a populated area? Are you quite mad? Why on earth would you do such a thing? How can I know you're not actually German agents? The nerve. I think it's you might be the suspicious one. Don't you think so, Fred? Uh, yeah. Be off with you, you bounder. Yeah, off with you. Clear off and stop asking so many questions. I'll call the military police and have you arrested, unless you can prove some army ID yourself. Go on, get out of it. Goodness gracious, is there nowhere in London a man can go without being harassed? All right, he's gone. Come on then, quick now. Here it is, just as Eileen said. It'll be safe here, Fred, me old China. Are you sure? What about the man we just met? We'll just have to take our chances with him, but I bet me house on I'm being a good citizen doing his nosy duty. Okay, drop it down here. That's good. I'm around here for another week before I ship out again. I can check in on you for that long, and then after that, maybe Eileen can. But you should be safe here. Nobody can touch this place without security services say so. You brought the sandwiches Eileen made for you? Oh, yes. Thank you. Mmm, they look delicious. Can't wait to eat them. Okay then. Rendezvous 2200 hours. Over and out. Please stop doing that. Right you are, Skipper. Here we are then, Amy. I've got you safe at last. He hadn't. Sometimes I still wonder if somehow you can hear me in there. She couldn't. Dorabella, my darling, your lover has returned. Edwin, my guns are in to see you again. My sweet, come hither so that I may shower you with kisses. You'll never guess what just happened to me. Tell me everything. Well, where to begin? There I was, strolling along and minding my own business, when I came upon two of the strangest and most unexpected chaps. Explain the divergence from the norm. For starters, one of them was dressed as a Roman centurion. The centurion has been located. And what's more, they were fibbing through their teeth, Dora, my pet. Were there heart palpitations or discrepancies in the systolic blood pressure? I didn't check, but it was rather obvious that they were lying. You see, they were transporting something. What were they transporting, Edwin? Share this data with your Dora Bella. It was a crate of some sort. A large, ornate cuboid construction of some significant weight. They claimed it to be an ordnance that they were taking to be detonated in safety, but... They didn't fool me. Oh, no, my darling. This is tremendous news. It didn't look like any ordinance I'd ever seen. Believe you me. We have found it. The universe is ours. What was that, my dear? Oh, nothing to worry about. You should have seen this box, Dora. 
It was dark yet brilliant, with intricate circular patterns on each side like the die of some monstrous titan. I thought you might be interested to learn about it. Do you think it's some Nazi ploy? No, it is a Pandorica! 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 Come again, my dear? Yes, please, let's Edwin. Your newt has got my diode splashing. Overcome with passion, the Dalek known as Dorabella extended her plunger and cleared everything off a nearby table and onto the floor. Edwin was in for the ride of his life. I must have you, Edwin! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness gracious! Dorabella stripped him of his debilitating clothes and sat him on the table, his feet dangling over the edge. Next to her towering presence, he looked like a small boy about to have a doctor's exam. But then things took a distinctly more adult turn as, wheels akimbo, she straddled Braceface, and Braceface, like a man trying to lift a heavy wheelie bin over a threshold, took the full weight of his concubine over himself and submitted to her love. Edwin! Oh, Dora! Edwin, are you awake? I must contact my fellow Daleks. No need, Daleks, too. We have been here all along. What? Were you watching? Of course. We were analysing the behaviour for eugenics reasons. It was very interesting. I took some Polaroids to research later. What was the name of that last position you assumed? Do you mean when he held the... Yes, that's the one! That would be the wheelbarrow! Position is irrelevant! Dorabella, did you gain any vital intelligence from the human subject? I have the approximate whereabouts of the Pandorica. It is in a warehouse behind Tizik School. That is enough for us to triangulate its exact location. We will go there and open the Pandorica. We will destroy all resistance. First, we will need a distraction. As you know, I have been listening to German military radio because it provides a more relatable narrative than the archers. I really like how those guys think. Is there a point to this story? I learned this morning that they plan to comet bomb parts of West London. Chiswick is in West London. It will be the perfect distraction. So we know already. Explain again how we will open the Pandorica. Only the DNA of the person inside the Pandorica can unlock it from the outside. We have the DNA key. We will use the DNA key. To the Pandorica. Move out. Destroy. Annihilate. Destroy. Woof. Wilfred! I'm here. I, I'm here, Eileen. Steady on, girl. What's wrong? Ain't you heard the sirens? Yeah, but it's not as though it's the first time, in it. I've just had word of where the bombers are heading. Oh no, this can't be good. They ain't heading here, are they? We can take shelter in the basement and all, but I rather like the house above ground as it is. They're gonna carpet bomb that old part of Chiswick. Another Chiswick flyover? God save us. Which part? The part that has a warehouse in it. Can't that damn Adolf mind his own business? Oh dearie me, have we sent poor old Fred to his doom? Not yet. There may still be time, but we have to work fast. Go there, you mean, and get him and his infernal box out of there before the bombs hit? Eileen, you are brimming with courage, you are. 
Don't remind me, Wilf, you fool. If we can make it through this night alive, you can raise another flagpole salute for me. Well, I ain't letting us die now. Let's go. Quickly, to the warehouse. 